0: Welcome to another episode of Food Life with Spice. I'm your host, Andrea Prada, and today I'm with...
1: Ani Tutunjin.
0: Okay, so that's how I'm going to tell everyone to pronounce your name on the morning announcements if we ever say it again. Yeah. Good to know. So they better listen to this podcast. They should. Okay, so who are you?
1: <laughs> I'm the editor-in-chief for The Mirror, our school's newspaper. So I'm responsible for the print, the newspapers you get every... Month or so, and then I also just run the behind the scenes, like managing what we do online and just how everyone's working and stuff like that.
0: How long have you been EIC for?
1: So, this is my second year. Last year I was just doing newspaper, which was really difficult online, but we managed to post four of them. This year I'm doing newspaper, and like my other title is executive editor, so I'm just responsible for running the class. So, I you know, teach. People like journalism skills. I help come up with article ideas. I make sure online is running smoothly, and I work with our journalism advisor, Mr. Goins, to make sure like all the tasks are being delegated and stuff like that.
0: That's a lot of information. (laughs) I mean, that's good for you though. I didn't know you were at EIC last year.
1: Yeah, it was kind of. Last year was just um, difficult getting the paper out to everyone. But we were able to get a lot of like digital views, but it's definitely a lot better being back in person and like forcing a physical copy in people's hands or whatnot.
0: I mean, that's fun. And you guys also get to take pictures with the newspaper.
1: Yeah, we did that. Cause this year we won a couple of different like national awards. So it's been really cool seeing last year's work pay off.
0: Good for you guys. You know, I, I've been in journalism for like three months and I've, I have no idea on like a lot of things that you guys do. Like, what's the difference between you being the EIC and Sean being the EIC?
1: So um, Sean, for example, he runs online. So for online, it's mostly, like, posting stories, working on website layout and stuff like that. For me, um, running the newspaper, I'm, like, working with the editors to get... Stories picked, like, because every newspaper sort of has a theme. I think the flexibility with online is you can just kind of post whatever you want, but you want cohesiveness for the newspaper. So it's kind of figuring out what stories fit best for it and working with editors to get those done. And then doing newspaper layout, which is different from website. Uh, We use something called Adobe InDesign to lay out all the newspapers which I definitely do not do by myself and I do that with our yeah Anthony (laughs) I don't know how to pronounce his last name he does a lot of that and he's really amazing at it yeah so I I have to edit all the stories newspaper especially you have to make sure you know online if you post something that's like mediocrely edited like you can go back in and fix it that's not how it works with like newspaper once it's printed it's printed so you really have to make sure all the components are there there aren't errors and things like that so going through all of that and making sure the stories are in tip-top shape things like that
0: <laughs> so do we have a theme for this next
1: issue so for this next issue i really wanted to focus on homelessness in la because the city council recently passed a policy banning encampments so homeless people are just being pushed out of the streets with no real solutions. Um and Los Angeles kinda has a history of, you know, acting like they're addressing homelessness but not providing any like permanent housing solutions. So Mm -hmm. that's something I really wanted to focus on for this issue.
0: So who's writing about that? Is that
1: So that's something I write. So the cover stories are the ones that really reflect the theme of the paper. It's that two or three pager in right in the middle of it. So that's what the cover story is gonna be about. I write those. Ooh, so
0: you was stressed last time, right?
1: yeah um last time i already forgot oh so the last issues was just kind of about yeah it's the stress of like coming back and just teen stress in general i thought that was relevant for the moment so it was something i wanted to do but yeah
0: was that one of your favorite articles that you ever
1: um yeah i think it's kind of up there uh one of my what's your
0: favorite one like ever it's
1: hard to pick a favorite but uh one of two of my favorites would be Um, This one I wrote about, in my sophomore year, about a student who, a senior who got into Yale, and it was just really fun because that's how I got to explore my more, like, features writing is you get to add a little more character to your writing and, like, personality, whereas I've, um, since, like, joining journalism my freshman year, I was a news writer. Sophomore year, I became news editor, and when you write news, it's very, like, just relaying what's going on, you know. You don't do the cool hooks and stuff like that. You're just trying to get the points across. Writing that one, I got to kind of explore my own, like, writing style and just write differently than, oh, here's your news. It's just a more fun, I don't know if witty would be the right word, but it was that kind of story, and I really liked it. And it actually qualified. Like, I was a finalist for an award, which was cool for that. (laughs) And, yeah, it was just, that one's one of my favorites. The other ones I really liked um, was this one I did about LUSD suing Jewel? I don't remember too much about the article, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, because it was, like, two years ago, but it was just about the, um, how, like, Jewel like, specifically targets teens, and I really liked that one because, like, that was one of my first times I reached out to, like, a bigger, um, an authoritative figure in a sense like I got to speak with an LAUSD representative whereas before I was kind of limited to oh okay I'd talk I'd interview teachers and stuff like that um some other stories I do like on that I really enjoy like interviewing and getting to talk to people which I think is the most important part of journalism other than if you're an opinion writer you just write your own opinion but it's really important to like you're telling the story of the people so you need to talk to people and that's why I also really like doing Early on, when COVID was fresh um, and, like, no one knew anything about it, I was really doing a lot of coverage on that. And it was super fun, in a sense, because I got to talk to, like, different doctors. And it's, like, crazy looking back at, like, people were like, oh, yeah, it's nothing to worry about. We're just getting a two-week break. I know people always say that, but it was just cool reflecting on stories like that.
0: That's crazy. You really got to talk to someone in LAUC because of an article you
1: wrote? Yeah, it's not... I learned after that it's not that hard to do. I just had never thought of reaching out to like I didn't even know it was possible and I was like, wait. So yeah, that's something anyone can reach out to. LUSD has like press people you can talk to, but yeah.
0: That's crazy. So you've been in journalism all your four years. Yes. So you've always known this is something you want to do?
1: Um initially I joined my freshman year just because I wanted to like work on my writing. Coming into high school I was like hard set on being a lawyer because that's just something i'd wanted to do since i was like five or something so i just wanted to you know journalism is good for your writing skills no matter what you kind of want to pursue in like humanities or writing related but yeah initially i just wanted to improve upon that and then yeah so i joined my freshman year i got put in the news section which i was so upset about because when we joined, we had, like, our top three choices, which I do every year, like, since I've been running it, too, and it was not in my three, but I still got put in it, and I really came around to loving it, so, yeah.
0: Wait, so you don't, you didn't get to choose? So,
1: yeah, I, of my choices, I'm, I don't remember exactly, but I know for a fact, first choice was entertainment. Everyone that's, like, a new, like, joins journalism for the first time they always want to do entertainment i was one of those people too so i put that i probably put like features or something after and maybe opinion but yeah and then i got put into (laughs) current events because there obviously wasn't space in those sections so i was a little upset but not to be discouraged so yeah i got to work on those types of stories
0: so we've been talking about your majors and it's between law and
1: Journalism, Journalism. yeah.
0: Right, so which one are you inclined for?
1: So, right now, and I honestly feel like this mostly happened in, like, recent months. I've really shifted towards journalism. Like, I'm specifically applying to Northwestern because they have such an amazing journalism program. And no matter what, I mean... I see myself going to journalism, and I'll explain why I'm hesitant to do it and why I was hesitant before, but no matter what college I go to, I'm going to join their journalism publications because it's something I really love and want to continue, what either permanently as a career or just in my time as an undergraduate student, but my initial hesitancy, and I still feel it for um, doing journalism, is because the current like state of media, it, they really report through um kind of an elite they have an elite framing so it's journalism is and like i said it's always supposed to be about the people reporting voices that aren't heard and um the current media whether we're talking about fox news or nbc it's always about getting like the rich people's perspectives oh jeff bezos is so cool for going to space this and that not talking about how it you know talking about the real stories that matter when they were covering blm that was very poorly covered you know it got framed as looting instead of understanding why people were looting uh, talking to people who were actually part of these protests but instead they were talking about corporate store or owners like target who can afford to be looted for a little bit it's not the end of the world so i was just Um, And really, conservatives have convinced people that media is liberal, but it's really not. It still continues to be very conservative perspective, in my opinion. And so my hesitancy going in is I just I want to be able to write the stories that are important to me. And I'm scared I won't have the ability to do that because at the end of the day, when we're talking about big publications like New York Times, LA Times, wherever you're going, like those large publications everyone's heard of. It comes down to the editors, what you can and can't post. So um, I'm also part of this um, student advisory board for High School Insider, which is like um, part of the LA Times for students to post content on their website. And we got to um, hear from these LA Times reporters who were covering um, climate change from the people's perspective. And what I mean by that was, they were talking about specifically how California's like heat waves it's been causing extreme deaths that are severely underreported by California. And it was talking about how it impacts low-income, typically minority communities. And when I was listening to them talk, I was thinking about, I've never heard this in the news. Like, I have my LA Times notifications on. I'm never notified about stuff like this. It's not the things they bother prioritizing. And I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to talk about those things. And I feel like it's idealistic to assume me going into media like I can change that all by myself but I feel like if I do go into media which hopefully I will I just want to stay true to myself and keep doing that
0: That's a, dude you talk a lot <laughs> I love see see why I brought you to Clear life. <laughs> you talk a lot and I love that about you you know I love how passionate you are um I've been holding this question. What's your favorite duty as EIC? Like, when you come into class, what's the thing that you look
1: forward to the most? Talking. <laughs> <laughs> other um, than talking. Well, if we're just talking about, like, daily, okay, when I walk into class, I think I think it is a little bit talking in the sense that I like kind of connecting with the editors when I can, seeing, checking their progress. But the other thing I love that I don't necessarily do daily is, like, teaching it it's just it's I so fun I, yeah. that out. <laughs> okay.
0: I think I'm like one of the few
1: people who actually yeah no I'm always kids. up there and I'm like uh people are probably like get sit down but I don't know I love it because I, I just love teaching no matter what I'm teaching so it's fun kind of distilling that knowledge that I've like gained over the past four years and
0: you teach math right
1: yeah I also teach math as a job yes to like little kids um anywhere between like five to 14 15 year olds
0: yeah oh yikes so how, <laughs> how is that do you like it
1: yeah no it's really like, like I said I really love teaching it's just fun especially like seeing things like with math especially it's one of those things where you can just see stuff like click when they figure it out and it's so satisfying seeing that and like there's also I love teaching like different ways to solve it, like, compared to the generic ways you're taught in class, and ways that are easier, and not everyone, I think the problem with, like, math especially, and I know this is, like, off-tangible, our main topic is, but it's, like, teachers teach a very uniform way, and because class sizes are so big, like, they're not able to really help anyone out, and once you're lost in math in one grade, you're just done for for all the other (laughs) grades. If you miss, like, doing fractions, Good luck in any of the higher-level math. So, yeah, it's just cool teaching it in ways people understand.
0: I feel like you really do a good job at that. When you go up there and teach AP style, even though, like, I mean, I'm not a god at English. (laughs) You know, I understand what you're saying, and you sound so clear and, like, so firm. Perfect.
1: Yes, I also love (laughs) holding the microphone to do that.
0: Oh, yeah, it seems like you love that. I love
1: that microphone, yes.
0: That's beautiful. So... Who would you trust being EIC next year?
1: Quality uh, <laughs> well, wise.
0: like like their characteristic like
1: should I name specific names? Is that not,
0: not names, but like what do you think
1: like what I would EIC? look for for like next yeah. year's EIC? Yeah, what I mean, yeah. Um they really have to be accountable. It's not just about writing good stories. Like a lot of people can do that. It's about being able to manage people, being able to manage deadlines. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I procrastinated, of course. But yeah, (laughs) but, you know, at the end of the day, the issues come out and I'm able to make it work. And the other thing is you have to be willing to take responsibility for not only your actions, but other people's. It's like if, for example, if one of the editors doesn't pull through with the story I need for the issue, I'm going to have to sit there and write it myself, and that's the end of that. I'm not going to sit there and just point fingers the entire time, and it's being able to, like, you should be able to do that. That's something you should be able to do, and just, um, you know, kind of leading people, but not in a way that's rude, but in a way that they want to actually do stuff, and yeah. I think that's kind of it. Do <laughs> you
0: think the mirror has the material for that
1: at the moment? I think there are some people, yes. Really? I Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like
0: everyone's a senior. That's so scary. Yeah, there
1: this year there are a lot of seniors. But I remember my freshman year, I was the only freshman, too. So it's it happens. There's some juniors in, too. It's actually harder. Like, EIC is one thing. It's sometimes harder finding someone to take over every single section. And that was kind of a problem we ran into this year. Because for sports, for example, last year they were all seniors. And they all graduated. Including the editor, so we were just kind of scrambling for that, and that makes it difficult because if you don't have a head of every section that's experienced enough, it makes it a little bit harder.
0: Right, that's really interesting. I didn't know you guys had all seniors last year.
1: No, not the whole class, but like, okay. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, that's so scary. How do you think the mirror is gonna be without you?
1: I'm gonna... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I see it coming through. I mean, it's not just going to topple in one day, just because, oh, like, honestly. I haven't been the one holding it together or anything. Yeah, I think it's going to continue its award-winning legacy. Ooh,
0: I like that. You know, even though I'm not part of writing or anything, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I'm part of the mirror. We've yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are like, Ani does that, not me. <laughs> but I'm proud of Ani. Thank you. So I've known you for, what, like... Three? Couple months. <laughs> yeah. Couple months. Couple months. I mean, I feel like I've been distanced because you're scary. Like you're really confident <laughs> in yourself and that's like scary to me. It's like, oh, she's the leader. Let her do her thing. And I just... I
1: mean, that's funny because like I I don't want to use the word imposter syndrome, but like I never when people say I like come across as confident, I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean I don't think I have like an insecure vibe, but I don't necessarily like Feel the most confident all the time, but I guess that's kind of true for anyone that comes across as confident. I mean, the same can be said about you. You, you have, you're very like energetic and social.
0: Um, I feel like that's because this year I had to take on the role as executive producer for the morning announcements.
1: Self plug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, for real. But like, I've been stepping up the last.
1: Yeah, so you're months. leading too. Yeah, you have. Yeah. You've uh, been doing a lot of film stuff, and it's really cool to see.
0: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long six months. <laughs> and it's so weird because, like, the morning announcements had, like, Ivan, PJ, yeah, um, Armand. Like, all the people that were in the mirror were also part of the morning announcements in some way. Mm-hmm. And now they're all gone. Like, everyone who was an anchor, everyone who was, like, part of the show are gone. Yeah. So it was really up to me to step up because I knew that no one and else would And you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's so painful, but I did. I did, you know? It's hard because, like, I know that a lot of people that we have in the class it's such a small class we have like six people oh and yeah. we have to somehow make it work yeah so that's why i'm on nina's butt all the time <laughs> to yeah her- this
1: year we had like less people than usual too we only had 30 we usually have somewhere between like 40 or 50 yeah so it was a little bit miscar- i feel like this year a lot of the like visual arts programs in a way i don't know if, i don't know if visual arts the right word but yeah there's, there's been, been lower, arts? yeah, there's Girl. been, like, a lower participation in any activities, really, this year, yeah. Wait, what do you mean by that? I don't know, I mean, you're saying there's only six people in your class. Normally, there's a lot of people in journalism. I don't know, I feel like the other part of it is, like, the programs couldn't really promote themselves last year while we were still online. Because, like, who checks yeah, Schoology tough. messages that much, you know what I mean? Yeah. But. Dude,
0: the morning announcements was so painful last year because... <laughs> They would have to film on their own. They would have to take a green yeah. screen to their house and film. And um, so now we have a teleprompter, but they didn't have a teleprompter. So they would have to memorize all the words oh and everything. So it was extremely painful. Yeah. And when we got the teleprompter, I think it was pretty great. I don't know how I would have pulled it off without it.
1: Yeah, it seems it, cool. I thought you guys had it this whole time, but apparently not. No, they, yeah.
0: um, I don't know how they used to do it, but I oh. think they would just have a computer with a google doc open and they would just like keep going down which sounds pretty insane yeah it sounds insane it sounds maniac but here we are you know um i don't know if you know about this but for digital media when i started the account um i started out with this incentive of wanting to reach out to small businesses and make yeah i heard about that
1: i didn't know it was you specifically but i remember like that phase where digital media was with, like, oh, small businesses. was business. so painful. <laughs>
0: it was so painful to film over summer. I would film with this small business that was a car wash guy. hmm And I kid you not, it was, like, 100 degrees. And uh. he was washing a car, and I was running around with the camera yeah. for a solid, like, two hours. And um, I would also do recordings at Balboa Park for a pop-up shop, which is a video that I still haven't posted. Because <laughs> it's so long, but... Uh. But you know, it really motivated me, knowing that no one else was doing it, and yeah. the seniors needed to step up. You know.
1: <laughs> How long have you been in film?
0: I've been in film for four years. Oh, okay. Yeah, the thing is, so it's funny because I never actually cared uh-huh. this much. So I was just here for the fun and to edit every now and then. But um, sophomore year, when quarantine hit, I was part of this production. It was a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Did you know Wells? Yeah. Well, he was working on this documentary It was called um, Mother Father So, it was talking about I think the goal of the documentary Was to find his biological father Mm. Because he grew up with a single mother Blah, 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 blah It looked freaking dope I was supposed to be part of that project Uh I was supposed to edit for him And I never heard from him And I think that really upset me a lot (laughs) So that motivated me to, you know, step up And be like, screw you Wells for not Making me be part of your project,
1: which did it ever happen, or you just never want um, to be a part of it?
0: Well, he signed with some like professional editor. Oh, from the Valley.
1: oh, okay. But to
0: our knowledge, the film is still not done. Oh, I see. So it's it's like it's so messy, but the point, like, it's mm-hmm. there. Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. Good for a Wells. I mm-hmm. hope he found his dad <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, I think stepping up is is a really great feeling, you know, it makes you. Important, yeah. I mean, you're already important. <laughs> you do so many things, like you you go to MUN,
1: right? No, I, I quit that this year. Um, uh, well, I quit last year because I started volunteering at the district attorneys, and it was like the times wouldn't work because the meetings were after school, and I would go there after school, so I didn't what have to. Oh, well, I stopped, I finished, but like because I uh it's like a one session thing, but um I obviously couldn't do any lawyery stuff because I don't have a degree but uh I got to it was a lot of like administrative things like filing cases scanning there was a lot like you would come there there was a giant bin of cases I would go there three times a week you had to sort through all those cases you had to like file them we had like a basement area for certain numbers and then you had the like inside area and then there was other like documents you'd have to file and then you would deliver stuff to like lawyers um there was like a lot of different things I'd organize like I got rid of like I had to get rid of a bunch of old bench warrants and things like that to make space downstairs and then I did a couple times get to like sit in on a court hearing and like talk to like two judges I think so it was like cool but uh yeah that downstairs basement area was really cool i was kind of having the time of my life down there
0: (laughs) i love how you say this so easily and simple like yeah i mean i was there with like the judges and stuff (laughs) as if it was nothing that's a huge thing dude i'm so proud of you thank you (laughs) okay so do you have anything else to say about yourself ani no 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 you ran out of ideas to talk about yeah well i kind of did too but you know i'm glad we had this it's 25 minutes Talk a lot. Very
1: nice. I do, yes. But
0: I, I love that. I just <laughs> want to point out that I love that. I know that I mock you about it, but I love it. And I'm sure whoever listens to this. what's t- <laughs> I wonder how many people listen to Nina's podcast. Zero. Well, she's not going to put numbers. <laughs> I'm Jeez. kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Oni. I'm
1: That's kidding. It's not personal, but. It was not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she's never featured me on her podcast Have i'm her i'm kidding no i've never asked
0: do you want to be
1: i mean I she talks
0: about really random
1: things yeah i know i remember before nina started podcast last year my friend and i we wanted to do it but then like quarantine hit so we couldn't do it which was really sad i mean nina did it over quarantine but like i was kind of too lazy to pick up podcast equipment but also i got busy with like eic stuff so i mean it's
0: really not that deep i think they were recording it over discord
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's probably true yeah was
0: tyler in journalism
1: no no no
0: okay because i know that the podcast was him too oh
1: yeah Yeah. i remember
0: nina texting our group chat like guys (laughs) what would be a good podcast name about like entertainment and stuff (laughs) And then she just came out with Wasting Recess, and I thought it was a really
1: cool. Yeah, movie. it's a really cool it's name. A, I love it. it. So that has much like, potential. I was, like, yeah, oh it does. God.
0: And then her stuff is like, sometimes I just sit and cry, <laughs> and that's life.
1: She's nothing but honest. So
0: I mean, good for her. You know, she knows how to be honest.
1: It's a venting tool.
0: Yeah, she doesn't bend on her spam, but she does on the podcast that everyone is able to listen to. <laughs> Good for you, Nina. You're bold for that. <laughs> okay. Enough chit chat. Um, this is all for Tunjin.
1: Good pronunciation.
0: Thank you. Thank you, my Hispanic roots really getting at <laughs> me right now. You know people confuse me for being Armenian?
1: i've never thought that
0: right i mean (laughs) i don't
1: know where they're getting that
0: maybe when i didn't used to get my eyebrows done (laughs) perhaps that sounded
1: like a personal attack to all armenian girls
0: i'm sorry i didn't mean it in a bad way i used to live in a really armenian building back Mm. in sun valley and this one lady she came up to me at the pool she was like where are you from are you armenian i was like girl
1: Armenians will just come up to you and talk Armenian. They won't even ask if you're Armenian.
0: <laughs> I think she spoke to me in Armenian and I was so confused. But yeah, I, I've been getting that since middle school. Interesting. Then I started doing my eyebrows and Here you they are? just don't ask anymore. no yeah. yeah. And when I tell them I'm Venezuelan, they don't know. So I tell them I'm Colombian and they're like, oh!
1: How has no one heard of Venezuela?
0: have you heard of venezuela i have yeah what do you know about venezuela i don't know a lot about exactly. it okay no but i've heard of the what do you know about colombia
1: i don't know a lot about colombia either you know Pablo Escobar? yeah
0: exactly you know something about colombia at least in some way or another
1: okay but like at least i know the place exists i'm not well, oblivious obviously. to where is that what is you know that?
0: It's, it's not like a like an unknown island yeah no it's not <laughs> yeah it's just a really shitty country what can i say yikes
1: that's for another podcast episode I
0: don't even want to get that's (laughs) I think that's one of the topics but I really don't want to talk about it I'll just get pissed
1: have you been to Armenia I have I really went how is it three times I mean last time I went I was nine so I don't remember a lot but I also didn't get to do a lot the last time I went because my baby cousin was born which of course was very exciting but (laughs) yeah I didn't get to like explore as much as my nine-year-old self wanted to. But I hopefully am going this summer when I graduate, quit my job, and just travel before I go to college.
0: Ooh. You know, I have a little proposition to make, but that's going to be off the podcast. So that's all for today with Ani. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll see you guys on the next episode of Philly Life with Spice.
1: Bye.